business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. It's a great pleasure to welcome Wayne McCurry back onto the show. Haven't spoken to Wayne for a while. The last time I saw Wayne on the screen, he was there. I don't know if Wayne's there, not there. But Wayne, if you are there. Still you can... Oh, brilliant. Wayne, I'm welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Wayne, no need, no introduction. Um, but I am going to spoil the beans. Wayne is broadcasting from his garage. For those of you who don't <laughs> know, he's a JAG enthusiast. His profile picture, his first love, maybe his second love, I don't know, is restoring old Jags. A man of tremendous talent and a man of great variety of expertise. Wayne, welcome back to the show. Let's get straight into it. Um, we're now in the fifth month. We've had corona around now for nearly a year and a half, let's call it. The world went through hell at the beginning, February, March last year. Sort of recovered, and then it's just been all over the show since then. Some countries, like where I am right now in Israel, have almost recovered. No more masks. Everybody's walking around pretty normally. And the news today is that youngsters under the age of 16 can also get the vaccinations. So there'll be a flurry to get that done. But let's take a step back and let's ask you to give us a global picture as to where the world stands on a macroeconomic scale. Well, Avi, the macroeconomics is just fantastic, quite frankly. I mean, if you ignore, ignore South Africa for the moment, let's just put South Africa aside. When we're talking about the global economy, the recovery this year is going to be twice, if not three times, what we lost last year. I mean, the best example is the USA. The USA's economy shrunk by 2% last year. This year it's growing by six, maybe even six and a half. So as far as the world's economy is concerned, there's no more virus effect in the economy. Things are just going superbly well. That is the true concern, not so much for the underlying economies. It's the true concern for financial markets. Now, a classic example is very, very recently, the last two days, last few working days, Last Friday, a U.S. jobs report came out, which was way less than what the market was expecting. Last week, a bad jobs report number came out. They created one quarter of the expected jobs. And then everyone thought, well, if there's no jobs being created, there's no inflationary fears. And if there's no inflationary fears, the market goes up. Then yesterday, commodity prices continued to rise. Now everyone was worried. Now everyone's worried, ooh, inflation might be back. And we saw the NASDAQ in particular because that's where, you know, when there's trouble around expensive shares fall first and fall the most, that's why the, 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 the NASDAQ fell. And you had the Nikkei in Japan falling 3% this morning as well. But macroeconomics, things couldn't be better, quite frankly. So whatever measures governments and central banks took to get over the virus last year has worked in buckets. In fact, it may have worked too well. What do we do about certain countries like India, for example, which is a major, becoming a major component of the world economy? 
that is reeling from Corona in the most in, indescribable way, does that, besides the human tragedy, does that make a yeah. dent in the world economy at all? Not at the moment. And, and there's, there's two aspects to this. First of all, the stock market is looking through anything to do with the virus. As far as the stock market is concerned, the virus doesn't exist anymore anyway. You can have flare-ups all over the world. At the moment, the stock market totally and utterly disregarding that. That might be wrong, but that's what the stock market's doing. The okay. second aspect is, the second aspect, the easiest way to explain this is that at some stage, either the end of this year or in the first six months of next year, the whole world will be Israel as far as vaccination is concerned. Okay. You must understand what we're going through now is twofold. Number one, it's the, the actual physical production of the vaccine. And that's why you're getting this fight between Germany and the USA about should we release the patents? Quite frankly, that's a political fight. That that's It's got nothing to do with, even if you put these drugs off patent, you don't build a, you don't build a, 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 a factory to make vaccinations in two weeks. Eh? So even if you took them off patent tomorrow, the world output won't increase because there's no other facilities available to do it. So by and large, what's going on there is a political statement. It's a very popular political statement. But putting that aside, as far as the production is concerned, by the end of this year and maybe even into the, maybe even as long as the first three or six months of next year, we will be swimming in vaccine. You know, it was like, if you will remember quite clearly and everyone else will, when we went, when, when this thing started a year ago, you couldn't buy a mask. I mean, I still made my own masks at home. I got a sewing machine. I made, I sewed my own masks because you, you couldn't get one. Now you're swimming in masks. There's no shortage of masks anywhere. You can get as many as you want to. Everyone's got a box or two or three at home and there's four in your car and five in the cupboard. There's no shortage of masks. So we're going to have exactly the same story with vaccines in the not-too-distant future by sometime in, let's just call it the next year, by sometime in the next year, the whole world will be Israel and this thing will be behind us. And, of course, we know about all the various variants that are popping up. <clears throat> and just as, a, as in the side comment, what I found out in this whole episode we've gone through, everyone's an expert, eh? Everyone's an expert in this virus, including me, by the way. We're all experts. But as far as I understand it, to pull out a new variant, to pull out a new vaccine for a variant is not nearly as complex as designing the vaccine initially. In other words, you just got to tweak it a little bit to take into account the new variant and you've got a vaccine for it. Secondly, the variant doesn't mutate if it doesn't transmit. So the moment you get 60-70% of the population immunized, it doesn't 50-60-70% of the world is vaccinated. There'll be no more variants. You know, no so way. there is an end. There's an end to this. What you're saying is so true, and again, we've seen it in a, maybe in a microcosm here in Israel, is that you can now go into a public space and just get a vaccine. You simply walk up and get it because it's just there. Wayne, we need to take a quick ad break. Craig's getting a little bit uptight with me. Let's run to the shops quickly. We'll be back with you in a moment. Hashtag you don't have to be Jewish. Well, Wayne, welcome back to the Avia Money Show on High FM. What we were saying before the break is that the world is really, the economy is, is doing well. It's robust. It's looked, the markets have looked through COVID. Let's, let's come home. Let's come back to South Africa. 
the sure. feeling that I'm getting from speaking to people every day is there's just one new word that comes to mind, and that's much. People are just tired. There's internal issues. There's the the ongoing um, you know challenges South Africa has, coupled together with Corona, is really just creating an environment that is a little bit challenging to to operate in. So our economy could grow by about. Four percent this year, but remember it shrunk by seven percent last year. Yes. So unfortunately, we're nothing like the global economy, but at least we are going in the right direction. Now, anyone who lives in South Africa is well aware and well acquainted with all of the particular challenges that we have. But let's summarize the major economic challenges. I mean, we all know about unemployment. But by the way, unemployment in any other country, unemployment at our levels would be catastrophic for the social fabric of the country. But, you know, the one positive we have is we can pay out all of the grants. There's 18 or 19 million people on grants, and that keeps them above the true poverty line, whatever you want to call it. But now, what are our big economic challenges? And simplistically, there's three things. One is the government. Now, this is not government debt. It's the delivery of services by the government. And that includes ESKIM. And I suppose ESKIM's really the main one and the biggest one and the biggest problem as well. But it's also when you sell a house, how long does it take to get your property transferred? When right. you try to do anything. I mean, there was a strike going on here yesterday because all the undertakers can't get the paperwork done timeously by the Department of Home Affairs to get people buried. You know, so the one problem we have is the, the delivery of services by the government. Now, I mean, it is terrible and we all know it. But in my view, we may not be going forward at a very good pace, but I think we're not going backwards anymore. You know, there seems to be more accountability. There seems to be more competent people in charge. All the true crooks seem to be out, or the big crooks seem to be out of the system. And there just seems to be a general awareness that things can't continue the way they are. And maybe, maybe a good summary of the government is that my real criticism of the current leadership of the government. I wish and hope it was quicker. But a very positive sign, and a lot of people were skeptical about this. There's actually two positive signs. A lot of people were skeptical about it. No one thought the Secretary General would be suspended. No one, I know plenty of people who said, not in your wildest dreams, and it's happened. Yes. It's yes. truly happened. The second thing is, although there may be some compromise, there may be some small compromise. Government civil servants did not get 7% last year, and they're not getting 7% this year when inflation is 3 or 4. So they've also stuck to their guns on the salary increase. I mean, the, the civil servants, the average salary to the average civil servant during the Zuma years went up at inflation plus 4% consistently for 10 years. So there are some positive signs. So that's our one problem. The second problem is literally government's debt. I mean, we are on an edge of a cliff there. We're already two grades into junk, 
and I don't want to be pessimistic, but I think it's realistic, and maybe I'm being pessimistic about myself, but I don't think in my lifetime I'll see investment grade again. Junk status isn't good, but it's not a death sentence. But we have got to arrest, in other words, confidence. Why spend money and upgrade your business and buy a new house and buy a new car? Why spend money when you are uncertain of where the country and you will be in 10 years' time? So we've got to sort out this confidence. You know, you've got to get, remember how confident we were in 1994, how confident we were before the World Cup. We've yes, got to yes. get that spirit back. And, you know, who's in charge? The government's in charge. I mean, you know, people, politicians are terrible people from any, any political party anywhere in the world are terrible people. They will try their utmost not to accept responsibility for anything. But who's in charge? The government. So who's going to sort this out? Quite frankly, the government's going to sort it out because they have the necessary power and levers to deliver the right services, to sort ESCOM out, to sort out Transnet and all of these multitude of other problems that we got. Now, it's never going to be sorted out. But all that we need, I think, to get confidence back is decisive action in the right direction. And at least we got that with the Secretary General. At least it looks as though we're getting that with civil service salaries. But, you know, just to come back to the point I make, made earlier on, it's not what the new state president is doing. It's just the pace he's doing it at. Please unpack the South African market for us. Investors have had mooted returns on the investments of the last three, four years. All of a sudden, there was dynamite in, in the investments over the last couple of months. We've now got this reverse scenario where you give a person an investment scenario and you look at it against the, the stock market and all of a sudden the investments are underperforming the market, which we didn't dream about a year ago. What is your take on that? People who are investment invested at the moment, your future view of equities in people's portfolios. Very simply, as the South African share market in US dollar terms is the best performing share market in the world for the last three months. Right. Okay. Now, the good returns have happened both here and overseas. The market has anticipated the recovery, has anticipated that at some stage the virus will be behind us. So if you think you're going to make the same returns in the next year as you did in the last two, talking specifically about global shares, you're going to be mistaken. The good returns are behind us. Now, if the good returns are behind you, is there danger ahead? If inflation picks up worldwide, there's significant danger to the share market. Now, I want to just qualify that. I don't think inflation is going to pick up materially. But should it pick up materially worldwide, world stock markets can come off 30-40% easily. Because the level of overvaluation now is as high as any other previous level of overvaluation. What triggers a bear market is a sustained rise in inflation and interest rates. If we don't get that, and I don't think we will, but of course I don't know the future any better than anyone else knows the future. But there is risk out there. So my advice would be to, if you were for, fortunate enough to have overweight equity in your portfolio, you've made a killing out of it. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world now to take some 
profits. For new money, I wouldn't run out there and buy shares. In South Africa, there's still some cheap sectors. Property sector is cheap, but there's risk there. Banking sector and some financials look truly cheap. And there's some retailers that look cheap. But all the shares that have done all the running, the NASDAQ shares, the resource shares, the process, the NASPERS, you know, the good returns are behind you and there is some risk going forward. It's just phenomenal to hear how balanced it is coming from you looking at the global versus the local and looking at the overall picture because ultimately the driver of the economy around the world is the Macarys and the Ks going in and either buying houses, buying cars, buying groceries, paying taxes. And that's what really turns the wheel. And uh, if there's confidence, we will do that. And if we are not confident, we will sit on our money, even if in certain parts of the world there's no return on it by keeping it in the bank. Listed property, yeah, in certainly and globally is, sure, is certainly showing significant long-term value. But there is risk here. But don't put all of your money into that. But a, a measured exposure to listed property in a well-diversified portfolio, I think, will be rewarded. I mean, property has been the best performing sector the last three months, but I still think there's quite a bit to go there. And then the good old-fashioned South African banks, maybe with the exception of Capitec, because that's already run strongly. But you're sitting with good old-fashioned South African banks that you're buying the shares at a 7% dividend yield because forward into the future because earnings will recover, will recover. And, and some of the retailers also look reasonably cheap. I mean, ShopRite looks, looks reasonable. Spa looks reasonable. You know, maybe, maybe you could even buy a bit of discam. But the, the, if there is value left in the market, it's the South African incorporated shares, the SA Inc shares. Brian Joffe has said that Investex initiated an investigation to unlock value in long for life. Yes. Maybe, maybe people should have a look at that one. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a good point. Thank you for raising that. Wayne, as always, thank you so much. Thanks for always being there for the show. And just you and your family should just uh, keep safe.